A soda jerk awakens to find they are tied to the bottom of a bathtub. An out-of-place industrial drink machine slowly fills the bath with Coca-Cola. As the fizzy liquid bubbles up to their chin, they scratch a simple design into their palm, mixing blood with the surrounding syrupy soda. Is it a clue to the murder? Is it a hint at the motive? No, it's Dying Message, the detective anime mystery podcast. Welcome to Dying Message, where each week we watch detective anime along with a mystery guest. Today's case, Detective Academy Q, episode 26, Megumi is being targeted. I'm your lead investigator, Noah Max Levine, and when I woke up this morning, I immediately solved the mystery of what does the ceiling look like, which was a pretty good start to the day. Okay, Shinji Akari. <laughs> What's that a reference to? Neon Genesis Evangelion. I don't understand that reference. He wakes up like five times throughout the series. He's like, oh. An unfamiliar ceiling again. Uh, anyway, uh, what do we do on this show? So we watch anime, we bring in a mystery guest to talk through it. Uh, you all listening to the show don't have to watch the anime first. You certainly encourage it because we're going to spoil the episode, but it's up to you. You don't have to watch it at all. We've just been spoiling these murder mysteries for a while, so it's good to give you a heads up. And joining me is our resident anime expert, Michael Savitsky. We personally are both moving to a new apartment very soon. And my question is, Michael, will you continue to be the resident anime expert in our new apartment? What do you think? Well, our apartment now only has one room, whereas our next apartment has several rooms. So I won't always be the resident anime expert of the room that you are in all the time. But I will still generally be the resident anime expert. Okay, so if I have anime questions, I'll text you. Perfect. Um, As like, if you don't text me while we're in the same room anyway. Usually you're working, and I don't want to interrupt you. <laughs> Mike, what have you got for us today? Well, uh, I did. there wasn't too much thematically for me to come up with. Uh, like, <laughs> Am I going to talk about like burglars in Japan? That's not a, that interesting. But one thing that did strike me, uh, I thought I'd talk about it real quick, was the way they say Pluto uh, in this show, which... Uh, is relevant. They don't just call the organization Pluto like pronouncing it the English word. Uh, they use specifically the Japanese name for the planet, which is Meose. Uh, and if I was to break that down, uh, we've got Meo, which uh -huh. literally just means the king of darkness, and it refers to Pluto, uh, you know, from Greek mythology, Roman yeah. mythology, rather, uh, and Se, which means star. So it's the star of the king of darkness. So it's a very... Uh, yeah, a very uh, scary name for an organization. I see. That's the way they really treat them. We'll be talking about Pluto a lot this episode. Yep. And it's great because we're really starting to get into like continuous plot in this anime, which we haven't really had before. Yep, it's going to be uh, continuously more bewildering for the people we drag into the middle of it. So let's find out who is our mystery guest today and who had to deal with that increasing challenge. <laughs> Our mystery guest this episode is hilarious. I'm so excited to have her on here reacting to a very tense episode. Tense? Question mark. Pretty, pretty tense. I was on the edge of my seat. So our guest, here she comes. She is an Atlanta-based comic and writer. You can find her writing at obiwandahoney.com. And one time she solved the mystery of the previous tenant. I've cracked the case. It's Aaron Dahoney. Hello. Hello, <laughs> Noah. Hello, Mike. How are you guys doing? Congrats on the apartment. That's exciting. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we've, we're literally moving up in the world. We've, we've pretty continuously complained <laughs> about 
being stuck in one room throughout all of uh, COVID. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be a big scene <laughs> change. You're getting several rooms. You can yep. text each other from now. Being the resident, the resident anime expert, are there any like pets or plants that are competing for that <laughs> spot that might like challenge your anime knowledge? I forget what it's called. We have a snake fern. I think that's what it's called. The really unkillable planet. Plant? Planet. <laughs> Plant. It's pretty unintelligent. <laughs> so not much competition there, although it is in a little Groot. So it's a little bit of a nerd. It's a little baby Groot. <laughs> yeah, it's planter. a baby Groot with a plant coming out of its head. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just pictured you guys like having a parakeet or like a bird that could talk and it was about anime facts or something. Oh, I had parakeets growing up. I really wanted them. Oh, we yeah? got them and I hated them. <laughs> They're so obnoxious. Oh no! <laughs> um, tune in for our spinoff podcast oh, about, uh, which is very anti-birds as pets. Anti-birds. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole podcast about not keeping birds as pets. Is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is that the flying message? <laughs> Zing. So, uh, Aaron, how much anime have you seen and uh, or not seen? I, I'm so glad you asked because I was thinking this myself because at the end of, not a lot, like to answer your question. Yeah. I've watched, at the end of 2019, I started watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure with oh, a friend of mine down fun. here in Atlanta. Yeah. Shout out to Ricky for introducing me to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure because I was, he's a huge anime fan. And I was like, okay, if I wanted to start with something classic that would help me understand a lot of like the the jokes on the internet and he's like oh yeah jojo's bizarre adventure like has so many is was the originator for so many memes and just jokes so i really enjoyed that i got not too far like a couple episodes in and then this year a friend told me to check out uh one punch man which i really enjoyed too very fun so yeah. Very silly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like how uh, ridiculous and exaggerated the universes are and the villains and everything. Like everything is just super over the top, which I think is appealing to a lot of us right now, like kind mm. of to watch something ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> you've also uh, hit on something, which is how anime spreads is your friend who's very into anime <laughs> mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. over and then so- somehow you've watched 600 episodes of one piece. Yeah. They're oh, so, God. they're so quick to get through and they're fun. It's fun, especially when someone really is into it and wants to yeah. explain like the process, the process of making it and just how far, how far the rabbit hole goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're taking you back to like, 2003 with this anime that we watched detective academy q mm-hmm. yes there's a little it's, it's it's aging almost old enough to vote in a, in the u.s but it's <laughs> also japanese so yeah it would need to be a citizen first <laughs> wait so i wanted to ask you guys because my friends who the one who told me to check out jojo and yeah. the one who introduced me to one punch man they said the same thing of they both have really good credits, like an opening credit theme that sets the scene for you. Like it yeah. explains a lot about what the, what the characters are here to do. And I really liked uh, this Detective Academy opening because the very first line was, let's embrace, like everybody, <laughs> let's hug. And let's all, let's all go to school 
Let's eat our vegetables. Let's do our homework. It's, let's solve some mysteries. And it really, there's a strong bird theme in this show too. It's just parrots flying everywhere in the in opening, the opening yeah. credits. Yeah, we don't <laughs> have, we don't have any context for that meaning anything. I, I maybe I have to look for it. Whether it's some kind of Japanese metaphor because we don't job. have anything yet. Mm-hmm. This opening is really fun. It's like. Ska, but also not ska. It is like ska. It does have strong ska vibes. For a song that I'm on the record as not liking very much, it's stuck in my head an awful lot. I love oh, yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's catchy. Since, uh, since Mike doesn't like it and I do like it, you actually get to cast the deciding vote this week on whether or not oh, we boy. like the song. Oh, gosh. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, you've seen just a little bit of anime. On the other side of things, the mystery side of things, there's such like a wide range of mystery products, TV, mm-hmm. movies, podcasts, murder mystery dinner parties. Mm-hmm. Bars of soap that have stuff inside them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mystery flavors of yep. airheads. <laughs> <laughs> Those freaking airheads. How do you relate to mysteries? Hmm. I love a good mystery, like horror and thriller movies. Yeah. I love. Um, I actually recently, back in at the end of August, and since then, I've been a full-time nanny. I got a new job down here where I'm watching uh, four kids from two families, like kind of a pod situation right. where the kids, the kids are in virtual school and then I'm like their afternoon nanny. And um, they love watching Scooby-Doo. So we've been watching a lot of uh, old Scooby-Doo and new Scooby-Doo lately which is a lot of fun to compare like the old episodes to because they rebooted it and like the animation is different and it's more modern and silly and there's a lot of like just you know uh I don't know the humor's just changed but it's still it's still really funny and entertaining to kids so yeah been watching a lot of uh mystery incorporated <laughs> Noah is sweating profusely because he's still battle scarred from the last time we had guests bring up Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, oh no, I mean, what happened? <laughs> it took over our lives. Yeah, Scooby Doo <laughs> is fine as long it's 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 addictive, um, and once you start mm-hmm. talking about it, you just can't stop because there's so much of it out there. <laughs> but listen up, Japan! If you produce a Scooby Doo anime, we will cover it on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> No, that must be the thing that comes to mind for a lot of people like Scooby-Doo is just like the blueprint for, oh, there's a a gang of kids, meddling kids running around solving mysteries. Um, That's why I enjoyed this one. And also, wait, so can we just talk about uh, the opening scene of this episode with the police superintendent and the guy, like Dan, right? Like the founder of the detective school. Yeah, the scene that kind of sets up the episode but doesn't have have much more to do with it. Let's let's hold on that just one second because I have okay, like yeah. two more things to do before we move into talking about it. And the Go first one it. is just asking you a a question mostly just to keep the format, which is uh <laughs> detective mystery shows, anime shows, putting them together, have you seen any detective or mystery anime before? No, this is the first one that I've watched. Perfect. Um, mm-hmm. Because we're going to start talking about things, I think it's helpful for me to ask Mike like we always do. We're watching Detective Academy Q episode 26. Six. Yes. 26. What generally is this show about? What's going on? Can you remind us 
Sure. Well, uh, Detective Academy Q is about a group of youngsters, Q, uh, who is the show is basically named after, and a bunch of others, and they attend DDS, the Don Detective School, uh, where they are learning to be detectives and constantly thrown into perilous adventures. Yeah, and we, we're starting to see uh, the trappings of an evil organization called Pluto, uh, who have set their <laughs> sights on on our kid friends. And we will we'll be now talking about Pluto for the next hour. Um, <laughs> Pluto is a great, it's a great villain name because you said like the icy, what, like the distant cold king coming to get you, the star king of darkness. Yes. Could, They're all up there in the shadows. Is Pluto the the cartoon dog antithesis of Scooby-Doo? That's my question. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're, you're, getting, you're getting somewhere. You're solving the mystery. So we've already talked about the opening song, so let's go ahead and jump right into that first scene, Aaron, which you were kind of lining us oh, up to talk oh about. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I was like, I took notes legit on just <laughs> stuff that made me laugh throughout this episode because <laughs> the police superintendent is really excited to see this. Is his name Don or Dan? So his last name is Don, Don Morihiko, uh, Japanese flip the order. But gotcha. everyone calls him okay. Don. Yeah, yeah, Don. Don, okay. So he comes in and uh, the police superintendent is real excited. And he's like laying on the compliments and everything. And he's like, oh, your legacy. Like you helped bust like this big, you know, bad guy group. And then the Don is trying to be all humble and coy. And he says, oh, a mere private detective like me. Like he's obviously a big deal, but he's trying to be low key about it. And then... um. The, the police chief tells some story like about his, about like how great he is. And Don says, you're exaggerating as usual to the police <laughs> superintendent. And I'm just like, wait, why is the police officer known for exaggerating things? You shouldn't be exaggerating right now. I love the flashback image of Don where he was like young and handsome and it was like sparkling and there was like space was the background. It was very dramatic. Well, yeah, a new thing we learn in this scene, a new piece of backstory is that Don was an ace detective right when he joined at the age of 27. He was in line for police commissioner until dot, 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 dot. The big battle, some big dark fight that happened, right? Like he took down the bad guys, but it caught he it cost him something, right? Yeah. I yeah. honestly, since we know that uh, the main character Q was like rescued by a detective whose face we've never seen, even though we've seen several flashbacks of the incident. Right. So I feel like that incident is tied to whatever like handicapped Don and took him out of uh, his position mm -hmm. in the police. I think it's all related. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, there, there's as we said, this episode is all about Pluto, and the the next thing that happens is kind of what brings up Pluto in the conversation because. We notice there's a car outside with like a listening device. And then Don mm. notices that there's a bug planted in the room. And I mean, we're very familiar with that plot device in in American media as well. It's But usually it's like hidden in a vase. Right. This was just plugged mm -hmm. into an outlet in plain sight. <laughs> I noticed that. <laughs> I feel like it was like an outlet multi-tap. Like there were three things plugged into it. So I think it was like... The outlet multi-tap had been switched for one with a listening device in it or something like that. Maybe. But like, mm -hmm. then how did he notice it? Yeah, he rips it out of the wall and smashes it open. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's in a p police commissioner's office and nobody had noticed it. Exactly. <laughs> another another thing that made me laugh about Pluto is they smash the listening device and they see this 
symbol and they're like, oh, of course it's them. If you ever meet someone who's a part of this organization, somewhere on their body, they'll have that marking. And I love like a nefarious organization with good branding. Like you've got to have a strong brand image because everybody, (laughs) why be mysterious if you can't like leave your mark and be like, yeah, this was us. Deal with it. We're bugging your office. We've had that symbol teased in our faces since the beginning of the show because the the previous opening sequence had an unknown character with the tattoo on their uh, chest. Yeah, but in, in terms of good villain branding, I'm thinking of like the Joker who has this very obvious calling exactly. cards. Well, it reminds me <laughs> of, uh, we've talked about Hunter Hunter just a tiny bit on this show, but that's another anime where the evil organization, the spiders all have a tattoo specifically that it's like they might be in disguise, but they have that tattoo on their body and you can find it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anime thieves in particular always leave calling cards. Yeah. Uh, and have like a symbol and stuff. Mm-hmm. The the police also the police superintendent who exaggerates everything. His response was my favorite because they pull out the bug and they smash it, and he's like, "What? I didn't even notice it!" Like he's so <laughs> baffled, and it's like, "Wow, you're really bad at your job, dude." <laughs> <laughs> Not a good police chief. It just makes Don look even better. Hmm. Hmm. The other thing we learn in this scene connects back to one of our our five main characters, the tall one, the muscly one, uh, Kinta. He is the son of the police commissioner. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the family tree moment was so funny. <laughs> where it was like, who's his son? Oh, that's his son. Like they just intercut real quick. And I was like, helpful, thank you. Yeah, it's like the superintendents who we just met at this moment face, uh, a random woman who I guess we assume is his wife. And it's like a dot, 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 dot. And it's, <laughs> and it's yeah, like, we don't know who that woman is <laughs> in the family tree pictures. This show is bad at naming mothers. I'll just yeah, say that. it's true. <laughs> It's a running theme. <laughs> and listeners may recall from what I believe was our episode five that we learned that Kinta doesn't live at home because he, he wants to prove he can be independent. So despite being a high schooler, he just lives in a separate apartment from his parents who are apparently oh, the police commissioner. So anything else that we that we caught in that first scene at the police station? Yeah, they're like... Oh, by the way, this organization can look like anyone because they. This is where they canonize the 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 inexplicable ability to look like anyone in a disguise. Where they're like, they can. They have precision plastic surgery and advanced masquerading technology. And I was like, come on, (laughs) come on, advanced masquerading. I would. I wish that was a college course. (laughs) Yeah, they just want to shoehorn in this like impossible ability to look like anyone into a show that's otherwise grounded in basic physics and reality. It is perfect, (laughs) and it's really going to set up um, what we're going to be talking about next week on the podcast. So I'll just drop a hint on that. Ooh. Ooh. Because Pluto is not going anywhere, and they're going to continue to disguise themselves. They're as just mad because we decided it wasn't a planet anymore, and they're like revenge. <laughs> that was what I thought. Honestly, I was like, "Oh, Pluto's back, and Pluto's mad." <laughs> the only, the only other uh, takeaway from that intro with the police superintendent is when he flashed back to telling that story about Dom's glory days where he's all sparkly and young. This music started and I legitimately thought he was about to start singing. I thought it was about to be a musical number about how great this guy was. So I do have to deduct points from my review for the lack of characters bursting into song. I think it could use a little bit more of that, but that's just me. There's not a lot of singing. Oh, has there ever been a murder mystery (laughs) musical? 
Uh, absolutely. Has there? Um, there has to have been. For one, the, fir- the first thing that pops into my head is the musical called Curtains. Like a bunch of murders happening on the set of a musical. Mm-hmm. So it's largely a, a Broadway parody where they're parodying... Oh boy, I love when Broadway parodies itself. But the detective who comes in to solve the murder (laughs) is a huge, like, musical fan. So he gets caught up in trying to save their terrible show and not so much solving the murder mystery. That's so meta. That's so meta. Wait, that sounds like the perfect piece of culture. It's like it's not very deep, but it's very fun. There's some fun stuff in there. He 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 gets to he does that thing where he sings the song where he's like, "I'm just a regular Joe, but you all do musicals, and that's so important because <laughs> it's something important to look forward to at the end of the day." What a tangent! What a tangent! <laughs> curtains. I'll look up curtains. Yeah, I like the soundtrack, and we're moving into. Uh, this brief kind of ominous villain scene. Yeah. They have their villain mm-hmm. lair set up with a classic like wall to floor to ceiling TV display mm-hmm. set up. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Gotta have the multiple screens. We've got a mysterious boss and we don't see above their nose and they appear on a giant set of TVs. And we've got, uh, we met her before, uh, but her, her full name is Miss Cowrie. And they say Miss, like the English word Miss. So it's probably some kind it's, of like code name. It's or... a code name, yeah. Um, yeah, there's this character who appears on the screen and we don't know who he is yet. So in my notes, I just had to call him Mysterious Face. Ooh. <laughs> I also like that she's just standing. There's nothing else in this room. The wall is full of TV screens and it's very ornate. Like it has this very elaborate trim, but there's not computers. There's not a desk. It's just a room with this TV wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing that only exists in anime. And they have, I mean, the excellent Pluto branding was there on the, she like bowed to the TVs and then you could see it on the carpet or the floor beneath oh. her. Yeah. So yeah, I was like strong brand, gotta love it. <laughs> and yeah, Miss Cowery, we, we've seen her before. She has kind of like this dirty olive green hair and she also wears glasses in that ominous way. Mm-hmm. And I've, I mentioned mm-hmm. this before when we had a character with a similar name, uh, but Kao does mean face. So there's an implication that she's a, probably a character with many faces. She sure is. Which is her shtick. She sure is. What a good shtick. <laughs> it's now time to clean up our act. It's bath time. <laughs> what are you sighing about? <laughs> Baths are important. <laughs> so Megu, as the one female character in the show, gets this treatment a lot. But in the next scene starts with her in the bath. Her sister, and we meet her sister. We might have seen her sister before and thought it was her mom. Well, the last time we talked, we had the sister was Megu was in the bath talking to her sister. Yeah. That seems to be where the sister exists, in the bathroom with Megu. <laughs> no, she stands right outside the door. Oh, okay. Because Megu is talking to herself about Q, and her sister like overhears her there. Mm-hmm. And she she dashes out at, to find her sister, and she, she asks her sister a question about how can I have a nice body? Oh, yeah. How how old are these kids? They're high schoolers, right? She's in high school and the sister is a college age student. Uh-huh. She's, yeah, I noticed that, like, she's an adult. She's 19. She's fully into adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and nice body. Uh, it's a weird subtitle, but they're actually saying it in English. Yeah, I, I that. guess it's a Japanese phrase, nice body. Mm, it's weird. Hmm. 
Yeah, they they say the English word's nice body just mixed in with the other stuff they're saying. Aaron, I'm curious on what you picked up on Megu just kind of throughout the throughout this episode. Megu, she well, she's torn. She's trying to figure out who she has a crush on, which uh, you know, is the greatest mystery of all. She's trying to pick the human between. heart. Uh yeah. And I when I was looking at like the the backgrounds of the characters, like before I was watching. The guy with blue hair, what's his name? Ryu? Ryu. Ryu. And then the main character is Q. I love uh, seeing characters that they just, they have such fun colored hair and you know that they're going to be important, you know? So you can pick <laughs> them out of any scene. So yeah, yeah. she she gave me strong, for some reason she reminded me of a Powerpuff girl. Just like the pink hair and the She pink has eyes the, the, the and, bubbles. Like, yeah, she the reminded me hair, of yeah. bubbles. Like super smart photographic memory bubbles. That was the vibe that I got from this this girl. Yeah, and um, she's she's mostly just the only girl. She has photographic memory. She sometimes you know gets upset <laughs> or scared by things <laughs> and sexually harassed on multiple occasions. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, yeah. I figured that was that was going to be <laughs> to be expected sometimes. And Megu's sister is, like, trying to confront her about her feelings for Q. And when Megu says she doesn't have them, her sister, like, comes right up in her face and does the tisk 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 finger wag in a very, mm. uh, I don't know, that made me laugh. Sisterly manner? Tisk, tisk, she's, tisk. A, she's a worldly woman. She's been on this planet for 19 whole years. You know, <laughs> she's an old maid at this point. Uh She's really settling down for <laughs> I always I always love the the older sibling as the parent figure because yeah. I mean, that was something that I did notice about the show that like the adults, at least like the police chief who doesn't know what a bug looks like in his office, like there's always this like set of kind of incompetent adults and then it's up to the kids, like the meddling kids to solve the mystery. So sort of the same thing with um, the sister, like, you know, she's teasing her younger sister and she's like, oh, I'm going to invite all your friends over and we're finally going to figure out like who you have a crush on. And <laughs> her sister Meg just freaking out. It was cute. It was wholesome. <laughs> yeah. This plan she comes up with to have all the boys over for a party or really she just wants Ryu and Q to come, mm-hmm. but you know, everybody else is going to come great setup for an episode, but of course mm-hmm. things will go. Awry. Especially an episode where we just saw in the previous scene. And I think we neglected to mention that, uh, Miss Kaori is targeting, uh, Megu this episode. So. Oh yes. Oh yeah. She was on the screen and they were like, get her basically. Right. What is basically, the, What's yeah. her assignment? What's her mission? We don't know. <laughs> just to <laughs> investigate her or target her or eliminate her. It could be anything really. I really enjoyed this next scene where they've been, the students have been left alone to do this like self-study class of some kind of independent detective study. Because their homeroom teacher, the principal, has gone to the police <laughs> station? I don't, like, how far away is the it? The adults I don't know. are just running amok. They're, the adults are nowhere to be found. It's par for the course at this school. So let's start by talking about Cosmo. Who it's his turn to present the lesson today. Mm-hmm. Aaron, th- anything you noticed on him? He wasn't super prominent this episode. He's the short one with the glasses. Yeah, like the little. The, I mean, they're all kind of geeky, but he seemed to be the especially geeky one. 
Um, yeah. I liked his outfit a lot. You know, you got the beanie and the multiple shirts. He's got like the stripy long sleeves. He has an N on his hat. Is that like a sport or where he's from or something? Or is it ever explained? It's his initial. It's his last name. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. He's See? got the K on his shirt and the N on his hat. Okay. Yeah, lots of... Very strong branding. <laughs> I liked him. He was... They're very academic. Uh, they're very dedicated students. And I think that they they also had some kind of like sing-song like line about eating your vegetables or something about nutrients. Like, eat your nutrients because it's good for you. And I was like, this seems like a lot of just life lessons that they want to low-key teach kids while they're watching like an anime mystery show, you know? Like, they're trying to I honestly think that part about like eating your nutrients comes from the fact that they probably intended the song to be a Happy Meal commercial song because it is. It's a Happy Meal commercial song as well in Japan (laughs) from that Fun fact. And I, I think they probably had that in mind when they wrote it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I do. I do think about that stuff of like, okay, what are they trying to impart on the the target audience, like the kids who are watching? But now we get to learn Kazuma's lesson. His question for the class is, which famous detective said two plus two always equals four? And I actually didn't know this before it came out, and then I had to look it up. Had either of you Mm -hmm. heard of this character? No, and I didn't bother to look it up afterwards. Well, I've got some Wikipedia knowledge. Oh. Go, tell us. You Googled it? Are you a a, a genius computer boy? I'm the Velma (laughs) of the podcast. (laughs) So the character is August SFX Van Dusen who was known as like the computer or the something like that, the thinking man. Mm-hmm. And he's a t- character that processes everything by logic. So the character has two other catchphrases. Nothing is impossible and all things must go somewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, mm. But he was, there's a whole bunch of stories about him and only two novels because the, uh, the American journalist Jacques Futrell, who invented the character died pretty young in the year 1912 does either of you know how he died in the year 1912 was it it's a trivia this is a trivia titanic question. i don't know when that happened yes it oh, was wow, the titanic yeah. <laughs> that was a guess really <laughs> he was on the titanic and supposedly he uh put his wife on the lifeboat instead of himself and uh that's why there's so few of these stories and books Man, I don't know how I guessed that. that. Good trivia. I honestly didn't look it up. Yeah, it's a general (laughs) trivia thing. Um, I've seen it happen on a trivia show where if someone's died in 1912 and you don't know why, you guess Titanic. <laughs> like maybe they oh were on the Titanic. Oh my gosh, I thought, I thought it was going to be the Spanish flu. I thought it was going to be like the, the uh, 20th century pandemic and I'm glad it was just the Titanic. Just that big tragedy. We yeah. already had our <laughs> pandemic <laughs> episode of this uh, show, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fun. <laughs> That's that's kind of what his lesson is about. And then after class, after class is when Megu's going to invite everyone over to her house. Yep. And it's just a general, hey, come over to my house. And then Ryu's like, nah, peace out. And then our favorite character. <laughs> he was like, I need to go lurk somewhere. Yeah, our favorite yeah. character, Saburo Maru, shows up and decides to go uh, without being invited. All right. There's a couple things I want to break <laughs> down here. Who are all these characters is one of them. Yeah. But first, let's follow Ryu. So we mentioned Ryu as one of the characters Megu has a crush on. He's like the mysterious blue hair guy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he has kind of a scene in the middle of this after he leaves where he appears in a in the car with Miss Yurie, who we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh Aaron, you have no prior context for this. 
no context. And I was stressed by this scene in the car because I'm like, oh, there's something going on here. What's going on? (laughs) Yeah, we know he like has maybe joined the school under some kind of pretense. Mm -hmm. And she's like, don't get too close to the other students. Your grandfather wanted you to be at this school. Yeah, I wrote down I wrote down two things that she said. She said, don't mix with the other students. And then she said to him, remember your position. And he was like, I know. I know who I am. I know like, you know, what I need to do. And I was like, who are you? What do you need to do? I don't know. Well, the anime likes to think we don't know, but I have a pretty strong guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was going to say, like, then you were exactly where the anime wanted you to be, because that's what they're trying to do with this scene is, <laughs> is deepen that that mystery, that suspense, that deep thriller thrill. So, OK, so now that we've sent Ryu away for he's not going to come back in this whole episode. What else? He's he's good. <laughs> Guess mm-hmm. who's not coming to dinner? It's Ryu. <laughs> Sir, not appearing in this episode. Um. <laughs> so Megu invites Q. Q is the main character. Other things we picked up on on Q in this episode? He's uh, definitely the main character because he doesn't have a clue what's going on at all. And then he figures it all out in like a nice speech at the end. Like typical. <laughs> he reminded me a lot of Fred uh, from Scooby-Doo. Just like, here's here's how we figured it out, you know, and just taking everybody through. But yes, he definitely has leading hero vibes. You can also tell because of the white streak in his hair. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. He's got fancy hair. You know, he's important. Yep. Um, And then Kinta insists on coming along. He's the tall one. He's the son of the police commissioner, as we learned this episode. And and Kazuma, we talked about, he doesn't want to come, but they force him to come. And then because Ryu's not coming and the sister was going to prepare dinner for X number of people, they need to fill the spot. Michael, you seemed like you wanted to talk about Saburo Maru. No, I just don't like him. I'm I'm well on record as well. You're not supposed to like him, but yeah, he's good at it. <laughs> <laughs> it does his job. Um, we were really excited when Saburo Maru was killed. <laughs> he was a murder victim, but it, it turned out to be a fake murder. Yeah, so he wasn't. Oh, <laughs> you were excited to see him knocked off. that's great yeah as soon as he appeared i was like oh man screw this guy he's annoying (laughs) yeah and as they like walk over to megu's house kinta and saburumaro begin this weird they both want to get with the sister let's perv out about this woman we've never met is she hot i guess so (laughs) it was it was funny it made me laugh of just like because they're (laughs) again they're like she wants an older guy i'm in college and it's like dude you're 20 Like, you're still a kid, basically. Yeah, Saburumaro, I think twice in this episode, mentions his IQ. Yes. And that he mm-hmm. goes to Tokyo University. And that's his thing, basically. And he's not good at anything. Yep, really. <laughs> Is he also, like, a detective student? Is he also being taught how to solve mysteries and yep, stuff? Yep, he's, he's class A, and they're in class Q. And at the beginning of the show, they thought A was better than Q, but it turns out Q is better than A. Yeah, so... Okay. A's always trying to show them up and, and things like that. You know, the rivals, the, the student rivals. The super generic rivals. <laughs> Gotta have them. There is one important thing we learn as they're walking. It turns out to be important. We learn that the sister is very orderly, which yes. upsets Kinta because he's not clean cut or anything. 
And then we start getting some shots of this intruder. Yeah, in the in the dish cabinet. <laughs> yeah, he's poking all around in this house uh, like a guy wearing a hat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had an immediate assumption, and of course I was right, but I won't I won't spoil it. I didn't yet. assume that thing. <laughs> Now, they can't get into the house, and they decide that maybe there's a burglar inside mm-hmm. and for this reason, that reason, and the other reason. Her lock isn't turning, so maybe someone had fooled with the lock. Her yeah, key they jump to the worst conclusion pretty quickly. <laughs> and Kinta manages to just, like, break the lock off the door. Yeah, he smashes it pretty, pretty thoroughly. Mm-hmm. He has training in being a detective and also breaking and entering. That's what the school teaches. <laughs> so now they're in the house... And this part of the episode is actually like its own self-contained kind of mystery puzzle. We haven't really had much this episode because there's a lot of plot going on here. But they do give us like a small little puzzle. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because at first it looks like no one is in there. And they're like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. But there's a couple things that we notice. Q sees the the glass cabinets, which are full of dishes. And he notices a pair of heels by the stairs going up. He's also gone to like observation mode like his eyes are very intense we get a shot of his eyes every five seconds yeah he notices the cabinets he notices there's the shoes lined up by the stairs and there's a pair of red heels where like one of them has been overturned Uh, and immediately i was like wait but the sister is very orderly so she wouldn't have left her shoes like that i thought there were too many shoes out altogether and that's probably true as well and Q immediately says that the house was broken into and everyone is so surprised the screen splits (laughs) The thing we said is true is true. Huh, huh, huh. Yeah, I just love how uh, how they're so on edge to encounter the thing that they go to school for. They're like, <laughs> we're not prepared. Like, what do we do? <laughs> it's like, don't you guys, isn't this what you're studying? <laughs> it, it's true. Like, they're the most well prepared for this and also the least well prepared. Yeah. Also, to be fair, if I was like a marine <laughs> biologist and I got home and there was a whale in my house, I wouldn't be prepared to deal with it. <laughs> That's an excellent point. (laughs) Aaron, I'm curious, as you were watching this, because we've watched this a bit, and you start to see some of the patterns, like when they show you clues, and you could tell that like a mystery is about to happen. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. how much of this stuff you're picking up on throughout, and like, are you like puzzle solving? Are you just along for the ride? Like, what was your approach? Right, Right from the beginning, I was trying to keep track of like, who they introduce each of us. Okay, so when I'm with the the kids that I work with and we're watching Scooby-Doo episodes, they have all of them memorized pretty much. <laughs> like they know who the villains are. They know who the bad guy always is. So I play a game with the kids where I like, I'll pick a character and be like, I think that's the bad guy. And like, I put my money on that person based on the evidence. And they're like, no, like that's not it. Like you got to pick another. So I know that throughout episodes like this, you know, they try and misdirect you with who you think is the villain and everything. So I was trying to keep tabs on like the little secondary characters and be like, oh, maybe that's the burglar. Um, But yeah, when they actually get into the apartment and they start talking it through and they're like, use your memory, what's out of place? Like, let's put these things together and stuff. I was, I was into it. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to figure out what's going on and who is... (laughs) Because you know that there's someone in there. Like, we already have seen the burglar and he's hiding. Um, But watching them work through it and be like, we think he's there, but actually he's here. Oh, my God. And then he gets gets arrested and the police come. But there's (laughs) more, but I won't get into that part yet. Let's catch up to that. So, right. So there were the two things that Q noticed. And he's 
then, like you said, he asks Megu to remember what she saw because she has perfectly photographic memory. Mm-hmm. A real thing that really exists. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's very important eventually to the plot. It's constantly important. So so the thing she notices about the cabinets is that they have way more dishes than they usually should. These glass see-through cabinets where you can see the dishes without even opening the cabinet. Which, to be fair, which is something you probably notice, even if you didn't have photographic memory, if you walk into your house, you're like, why do we have twice as many dishes as we normally have? <laughs> yeah, it's not like the five dishes are now six dishes. It's like instead of one stack of plates, there's now four stacks of plates. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. There's a lot of dishes in there. <laughs> and that leads them all to conclude that the person is hiding where the dishes came out of, which is this like wooden cupboard that's just large enough for a person to hide in. But then also Q's like, mm, and like doing secret off screen. Oh, yeah, but this yeah. and this thing. Saburo Maru goes full in. He's like, he's going to tie up the cabinet so the guy can't get away. He's going to be the hero here. But Q and Kinta go away. And the culprit inside of the cabinet is like, ha ha, they fell for it. I'm going <laughs> to escape now. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they make a break for the door, Kinta is right there waiting. And Kinta has like some judo skills or something. <laughs> but he takes this person down and yes. like knocks them out and shatters their glasses. Yep. And it turns out they were coming out of the closet by the door and not the, the cupboard as we, yeah. as the characters were claiming to suspect. And so now the culprit gets taken away. Mm-hmm. And um, this is such a random thing. I love having people watch this show because there's the one teacher who is Nanami who disguises themselves as random things. And they've really stopped explaining that um, (laughs) since he was introduced early on. So it's, it's just a random thing here. He's like up in a cherry picker as a construction worker. It's clearly Nanami. And he, he calls Don and he's like, they caught the culprit. Everything is fine. Just a regular thief. Oh, the teacher was watching the whole thing unfold like it was a test or something well so basically they let them wander into danger that they're aware of and he just sort of stands off to the side and he's like i will save you i'm here to remind you that children weren't in danger but also they were they send them (laughs) off to all these murders and then it turns out that like the butler was actually nanami disguised as the butler the whole time or something like that yeah oh my god (laughs) but there's no explanation here of why he was in the neighborhood did he think something was going to happen to megu they didn't know that their apartment was going to be broken into Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. maybe maybe he's got a second job it's not that teacher salary just doesn't cut it and he's actually like installing electrical stuff are all of his disguises just other jobs he has when like <laughs> in in the second episode he was just working as a mall panda mascot and not disguising himself? No one likes to constantly <laughs> say mall panda as if it's a thing that exists and not just a phrase he has made up for this show. <laughs> How else do you Are describe there mall pandas in this show? Well, it's a disguise that the teacher used, like a panda mascot cast costume hiding in the mall. <laughs> oh yes. Okay, I'm glad you guys explained that of the the man up in the forklift in the trees with the wires, like calling Dom and being like, they fixed, they figured it out, you know? Oh, so you maybe didn't even recognize later when he found the police car and the policeman. Oh, it was the same guy. Yeah, that's right. That's Nanami as well in the hat and the white suit. I didn't didn't know that. Oh, the one who was dressed kind of like a gangster? (laughs) Yes. <laughs> the suit and the hat. Yes. White suit, okay. white hat. So that yep. was their teacher. Same guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great fashion choice. Great fashion. 
So this is where Q gives his explanation of what had happened. What what were the clues? How did Q figure it out? That's the part that was so heartwarming. It reminded me of the the whole when they're sitting around doing their extra studies and talking about eating their nutrients and all of these like after school special things because guys it was the power of listening to each other all along that's how they figured it out because on the walk there Q noticed that the sister was very orderly and that's like the clue that he used to figure it out right it was the shoes and he's like she's very neat she wouldn't have left her shoes laying around and that's what all I needed (laughs) yeah exactly and Kinta also adds that the sister has a nice body and wears mini skirts. And they're like, nobody told you that. (laughs) (laughs) You have just made that up about her. (laughs) I I do think that's like a glimpse at a specific moment in time. In 2003, it must have been like a weird Japanese schoolboy fantasy that like the college girl wears mini skirts specifically. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just a that's a thread throughout all of humanity (laughs) there's like you're thirsting after like inappropriately aged (laughs) women but then the other thing i like is that he puts the shoes by the stairs goes into the closet and opens the door to knock the shoes over and then they land in the exact same position they were in before which is just (laughs) a little unbelievable but it's it serves it serves the purpose it it illustrates exactly what had happened they're also abusing these expensive shoes which uh the sister gets very mad about when she gets home right she comes she gets home right now yeah that was the part that (laughs) i laughed and then i was confused because the sister gets back she's upset about the lock she's upset about all of like the material stuff she's like oh my things are everywhere but she doesn't seem that concerned about like the well-being of her sister or her friends or anything she's just like oh no our dinner plans what are we gonna do and like the the burglar's already gone like the police have come and gone already and the sister's just like oh you guys seem to have it figured it out you detective kids thanks thanks for nothing (laughs) yeah and she makes she makes everyone help cleaning up mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> she makes everybody help clean up the mess that the burglar made and then we get this very silly like it's it's not supposed to be silly it's supposed to be mysterious but we get the scene where so q and kinta were sent to get the groceries while everyone else cleans right and q's Something like he's he's uh historically not good at is, yeah. is being sent to get the groceries oh, yeah <laughs> in the very first episode of the show he was sent to get the groceries for dinner and instead he solved a murder and mo- his mom didn't eat and he let a stranger buy him a parfait yeah but yeah we get this weird contemplative moment where he's like wait a minute wasn't that overly complex plot on that burglar's part overly complex i'm like yes that's Mm -hmm. what i was thinking the whole time i thought that's just how the show worked right but he also (laughs) points out that it it only quote worked because of megu's photographic memory so he theorizes that the culprit must have known about her photographic memory Mm -hmm. because Dun dun dun, the burglar was Miss Cowery the whole time. Oh my gosh. I actually yelled when she <laughs> pulled her face off. Like I yelled at my laptop and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> not expecting that. She has she was taken away in a police car and she has knocked out the police, escaped from the car, and the way she rips her face off, it's not gruesome, but it's not ungruesome. It's icky. It's on yeah. that scale. 
is icky. It reminded me of a uh, tissue paper, you know, like just like little pieces kind of flying and you're like, oh, I wish it was just a, a mask that she peeled upwards, but she just kind of like clawed it apart and there are little pieces of face all around and then you, <laughs> you realize it's her. What is her name? Remind me. Miss Cowery. Yeah. Cowery, Miss Cowery. And if you imagine it's like a very realistic mask that looks like human flesh, it would look just like ripped apart pieces of flesh. Mm -hmm. It looked like paper mache a little bit. I was like, ooh, <laughs> but you're, you need good moisturizer. Your skin cannot breathe in that stuff. <laughs> it was like latex. <laughs> and then she makes a phone call to, to report that she's escaped. And this ties everything together about the things that we suspected but didn't technically know. Because she's talking to someone on the phone with a Pluto ring. The, the guy with this like long blonde hair, mysterious person. Who appeared on the TVs. Mm -hmm. And who else is there in the room? It's Yurie, son. The person that was driving Ryu in the car earlier in the episode. <sighs> yep, yep. Oh, man. The one who was like, remember your position. Rem remember who you are. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it sure seems like he is a Pluto plant. It does. Oh, no, Ryu. But he seems like he's a, he's a good guy with all the other... He's in the gang, right? He's a... <laughs> he always oh, does now... seem to care for people and to be a genuinely good person. So I'm curious to see what direction... It, it seems like ultimately he's going to team up with Class Q and, and help them out. Yes, and I think ultimately he's going to finally take off his shirt and show us his Pluto tattoo on his chest, like in the opening theme from the first half of the show. <laughs> oh, my God. We've had some very silly Damn. moments, like the previous closing theme uh, had them all in bathing suits, except Ryu wore a hoodie. So I'm like, they're hiding his chest. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I just swim in a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one more scene, and then I'll I'll check and see if we missed anything that anyone wanted to talk about. And mm -hmm. that's the post credit scene. Oh, yeah. Did you stick around after the credits? I did. I did watch after the credits. Well, uh, you've got to be glad you did for this <laughs> for this gem. It was it was just them in the classroom together. That was the only scene, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kinta gets a letter from Megu's sister, and he and it's like pink, and it's all. It's like, oh, it's a love letter, and it's just a bill for the door. Mm -hmm. Right. She she's she's charging him ten thousand yen <laughs> to replace the the lock on the front door that he smashed. <laughs> I think that kind of that that puts a nice bow on it, where it's like. All of these lessons for kids, like eat your vegetables, you know, do your homework. And then if you break something, you got to pay for it. And don't be, <laughs> <laughs> don't be mad when someone asks you to pay for something you broke, like the lock on their front door. <laughs> yeah. Also like much more reasonable for him to expect her to relate with him in that way. He just decided that, that she was going to be crushing on him. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, that was the joke. It was a pink letter and Megu was being cute about it. I think that would be a cute way to like actually start flirting with somebody. Like if you <laughs> if send them a bill. Mess, <laughs> no, they mess up something. Like they mess up something of yours, and you're like, "Well, you can pay for this and like take me on a date or something." Like that'll be a part of how you repay that debt. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, anything else we missed when we when we went through the episode? Any fun fun moments someone wanted to shout out or spotlight? Oh yes. <laughs> So we previously, uh, in a previous episode where Nanami was lurking around as a Godzilla and they broke down the door and there was exactly, exactly one frame of the door breaking down sequence where the Godzilla was in the background. Yeah. There was another such thing in this when uh, Kinta broke down the door. There was exactly one frame where he had like a Popeye tattoo on his arm, which isn't something he has, but it's like, I guess like a cartoon strength yeah. reference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I noticed that. 
it's very like jrpg you trigger your special attack and then like anything can happen in the animations yeah i'm disappointed he had a a single like a very elaborate attack name in a, a few episodes ago and he hasn't done that again oh no but i'm he waiting hasn't. for it yeah he took someone out and he's like i forget what he said well it was it was something like uh the take a small nap version one or something, yeah, something like, that. like that so i'm waiting for version two take a small nap what <laughs> he just he like gave his he he shouted out an attack name while hitting somebody and knocked him right out yeah and it's very weird oh hey good for him <laughs> he's got many secrets like his secret father mm-hmm. he secretly has parents <laughs> unlike megu and her sister maybe where are their parents I don't know. Abroad, right? I hope they turn out to be like the Pluto people, just for fun. Are they abroad? Did they say that in this episode? I believe it. Did they? I don't know. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, she said like, oh, it's just me and my sister in our place. Our parents are abroad. (laughs) They left it at that. That's that's such a classic anime setup. The old parents abroad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the setup of one of my favorite (laughs) animes. Yu-Gi-Oh? No. (laughs) Michael, you know what this is. We watched it together. <gasps> that's, that's a lot of things. The parents are abroad. He lives with his older sister. They send him a present. Oh, we're not allowed to talk about the setup for Detective Conan. No, how to keep a mummy. Oh. <laughs> it's true about everything I mentioned, though. <laughs> Conan's parents are abroad and he lives with his fake sister. <laughs> well, that's later on. No, how, how to keep a mummy is will never be on this podcast because it's not related but. it's not a murder mystery the the protagonist <laughs> is already dead it's a mummy yeah he cares for like a little tiny like like rabbit sized mummy th- thing that's very cute this is pet that <laughs> does sound cute so uh thoughts on the episode how did it did it work for us did we like it i i liked it a lot you know met the characters got some backstory uh, little mini, like mini apartment mystery with the burglar, and that gets the that guy gets arrested. But I like how it expanded afterwards, especially when Q and his friend are walking with the groceries afterwards. Yeah, and he's like, something doesn't seem right. Like it's like the bad guys know too much because they were just trying to study and like observe meg and her memory and it's so funny because he definitely has it figured out and his friend is like ah you're worrying too much like you that's crazy and it's like no but your friend is right like trust your friend you is like always right so it's really dumb of kinta (laughs) but kinta's always Mm -hmm. dumb so everyone's playing to their tropes yeah, foil characters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will say, and I shouted this at Noah while I was watching the episode, but this is definitely an episode where it wanted me to be shocked at dramatic revelations on a few points. And I was like, I've guessed all these things already a long time ago. But also because <laughs> my job already. is to overanalyze this show, so... <laughs> well, yeah, you're. there's a couple things. You're not a child. We have seen all the episodes, and there's definitely been dropping some of these hints and things like that along the way. I liked that even though it was kind of the, they're they're kind of easing us into the Pluto plot it still kind of was self-contained in the way you'd expect these episodes to be with that little little tiny mystery puzzle in the middle there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious how what percentage of the time you spent lost or if it was mostly easy to follow. It was it was pretty easy to follow because again, like the opening credits, it kind of set you up right. for here's these friends, they solve these mysteries, 
here's where they go to school. Even like, cause it, it cycles through. And then like, you see the, the crowd of the, the bad guys that they typically fight in the beginning. So yeah, yeah, I like it good. It sets up the mystery and then you just got to kind of follow along and, as they figure it out. It was good. I enjoyed it. I didn't find myself too lost. I'm actually glad you mentioned the opening uh, because another reason I always suspected Yurie-san was probably going to be a member of Pluto is because there's this one scene in the opening where these three like nefarious women do action poses. And one of them is clearly Miss Kaori, who we know works for Pluto. And then (laughs) Miss Yurie is in the group. So I'm like, okay, so she's Pluto. So not so... so Yeah, they they spell it all out for you. You just got to like pause and <laughs> look at who's who in the beginning. Aaron, what is the likelihood that you will someday soon or distant watch more of this show <laughs> of your own accord? I'm probably going to continue watching it after we finish recording. Oh my goodness, honestly. we've never had that happen before. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know. Yeah. I want to know more about this nefarious organization. Well, that's perfect because we've got to tease our next podcast episode, mm-hmm. uh, which is the covering the next two episodes of Detective Academy Q, episodes 27 and 28. Mm-hmm. Um, and they very much pick up this Pluto plot thread. Yeah. We've planted the idea that they can disguise themselves as anyone. Yep. <laughs> so so yeah. th- there's going to be a new teacher coming into the Detective Academy queue, as well as a teacher who's returning from a long absence. And so when something terrible happens in the school to Q and Megu, it could be anyone. Oh, do we think this episode was maybe a failed attempt to replace Megu? That just occurred to me. Like m- maybe Miss Cowrie uh, wanted to become Megu? Oh, she could do that, right? Kidnap Megu and then poses her? Yeah, I just thought of that now. <laughs> I could totally see them doing that. Oh mm. my gosh. Can't trust anybody. <laughs> Gotta watch your back in this in this show universe. Yes, they're really setting that up, and that actually makes me really excited. There's just the knowledge <laughs> that anyone at any time could rip off a face mask. Um, I, mm-hmm. I like that. I like that genre. It's my favorite sci-fi alien genre. Is the uh, like the you body mean literally snatchers. just that one show where that's the thing? <laughs> what one show where that's the thing? Constantly, constantly revealing who's under the mask. <laughs> Scooby-Doo? No, no. Um. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I've never seen it, but every nerd who isn't me talks about it. It's the one where everyone's a Cylon. Oh, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, that's the I thing. did enjoy it. I watched some <laughs> of it, but I didn't finish it. Yeah. <laughs> it is my thing, though. So, yeah, check that out. We'll be talking about those episodes at, uh, next week on this podcast. Uh, you can send us email at dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com. And we do have an email from a frequent listener, frequent emailer, Michelle, our only emailer, not our only emailer. We've okay. had some others, okay. Um, but always happy to hear these things and to share people's thoughts. These are very out of context thoughts on um, our episode eight of our podcast where we covered the seance murders, mm. and uh, we're going to spoil those a bit, uh, maybe a little bit. We'll try not to, since Aaron probably wants to go back and watch it now. <laughs> so, so she had two thoughts. The first was that the murder happens in this room where there's a circle of 12 people holding hands in the dark. Mm -hmm. And so part of the problem is how could anyone have done the murder when they're all holding hands? And she points out that the police just instinctively trust the five of them and rule out anyone as a suspect who is holding hands with any of the five students. (laughs) But like, why would the police trust them enough? Well, also for their logic, they ruled it out. (laughs) They ruled it out too. But the police bought it as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing she po- she she said, we, we talked a lot in that episode, like, what lessons did we learn? Mm-hmm. Um, and our guests brought in, like, a fun list of lessons. And sh- she said that 
the lesson is the mother decided saving her company with insurance fraud was more important to her than being with her children and raising her family. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and uh, and it really was a mistake that the mother had made. If you uh, watch that episode, you will find out why. Well, that's also tied up in Japanese shame culture. Like if if her company failed and it was her fault, that would like bring shame to her family. Oh, so I it's see. like a way to take care of her family that leaves them with like a potential path in life. <laughs> oh, so what Michelle is saying in this email is just kind of literal. That this is the message is that you should take care of your <laughs> Maybe, family yeah. by committing insurance fraud. <laughs> in in uh, Japanese society. I'm learning so much. <laughs> yeah. So, Aaron, thank you so much for diving in to the deep end uh, and joining us. Oh, no, that's the wrong metaphor. We did a diving episode. We did a diving episode um, already. Thank you so much for breaking <laughs> in to this content. <laughs> I loved it. Thank thank you both for, you know, giving this content <laughs> and sending it my way so that we could talk about it. This was highly entertaining. So for our listeners of this episode who in, enjoyed hearing your thoughts, uh, where else can they find your work? Oh, you know, mostly <laughs> the internet. Mm. Uh, I was doing a couple shows around Atlanta in the, I like to call it the before times mm. uh, when we could still gather for mics and yeah. shows and everything. Um, yeah. So if you, I'm Obi-Wan Dahoney on Twitter, uh, Instagram, I've been making a couple bartending videos. Um, what When I was working, I was bartending. And so I've kind of taken that stuff to YouTube and I'll do a couple drink recipes. So yeah, if you want some uh, dumb jokes and like random satire writing, got that all on my website and that's where you can find me. Awesome. My first thought was I should make a reference so people know that we're recording this in September of 2020 and that's why we're referencing quarantine because they could listen to this years in the future maybe. Mm-hmm. My second thought oh, yeah. was then I should make a joke about how people will need your drink videos soon because the election's <laughs> coming up, which is the opposite <laughs> instinct to make a very topical joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's honestly what I've been... Because the first one I made was St. Patrick's Day. That was the very first day where uh, the place where I was bartending was shut down uh, down here in Georgia. And so I was just like, oh, well, since we can't go out to bars, I'll just do some at home, you know, stuff that you can make. And it's fun. I mean, (laughs) you know, you're not drinking alone if you put it on YouTube later. (laughs) And once you've made it, like, can't let it go to waste. No, not, not at all. You think there's people out there like you think about how Instagram food doesn't have to be tasty. Like you wouldn't even have to use real alcohol necessarily f- for a bartending video. I guess not, but why? Not necessarily, but it's more fun to do. It. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So wrapping this thing up, thank you all for listening. I'm speaking now to our listeners. It can be jarring sometimes when I make that switch. Okay. I'll cover my ears. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for supporting our podcast. The most important thing, the most helpful thing you can do, especially if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, but wherever you are listening, is to um, like and review the podcast. Give it that thumbs up or that heart or whatever it is, wherever you're at. Um, Helps other people know that you enjoy it and you think they'll enjoy it too. You can always email us at dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com. We love reading your thoughts, your answer, your questions, uh, whatever you've got for us. Connect with us on social media, Dying Message Podcast on Facebook or at Dying Message Pod on Twitter. And keep listening. 
Michael, you're about to say something. Yeah, well, Noah has already let me know that this episode is coming out a day before my birthday, so I haven't gotten any raunchy fan art about any of these anime characters yet. So if you all hear this episode, get your pencils moving. I want I want a birthday present. Send us some fan art. <laughs> and we'll describe Ooh, it. I'm going to send a fan art of the... <laughs> we'll describe it on I'm air. I'm going to draw the incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> and then that just leaves us one more thing. The most mysterious thing <gasps> that we always somehow leave to the end. Aaron... You you solved the mystery of the previous tenant, and I think you said you solved it super quickly. Yeah, it was a it was a mini mystery. I I'm gonna give you guys like a little bit of context for this. So, and it's funny because it is a pandemic related sort of where I I moved into my apartment here in Decatur, Georgia, um, March first, twenty twenty, which just makes me laugh a lot now because that month I was like, man, it's all finally coming together. And then society shut down. So like quarantine is happening and people are sticking around at home. So I, and we have a laundromat here at our apartment complex. So I go down there and I'm mask on and I'm doing my laundry. And I actually made a friend, one of my neighbors, like we met doing laundry there. Her name is Lori, incredible, like super sweet lady. And we started taking walks around the neighborhood and stuff. And she's lived here in this complex for a couple years. And eventually I, and I tell her how much I love my apartment. So she comes over one day just to see how like our floors and our walls and stuff are different. And we're having fun and we're chatting on my balcony and everything. And and Lori says to me, she says, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that your stuff is like newly renovated. Like you got the floors and everything. And I'm like, why does that make sense? And she turns to me and she says, you know what happened here, right? And I was just like, oh my God, that it scared the the shit out of me. <laughs> because I was like, no, Lori, I don't know what happened here. And I'm not sure if I want to know. I think I like I briefly wanted to live in ignorance because my mind just went to all the worst places of like what could have happened in this apartment. And I'm like murder murder suicide like some kind of horrific like trafficking thing and just like i'm going to all these crazy places and so but i try and keep a straight face and i'm like no laurie i don't know what happened here what happened here and it was fine it was like a small fire downstairs like in one of the units but there was fire damage to my place that was it but she led with such a uh (laughs) such a scary way to phrase it of like don't you know what happened here and i was like oh no Lori, no for all you know there was a secret jail cell in your apartment where someone was being kept against their will and then they murdered their captor And like Georgia is a spooky place. Like I went to Savannah, Georgia back in November. And that is like one of the most haunted places in the world. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) so I just like, yeah, I'm glad that it wasn't anything worse. And it was just like a small and I was like, did any, was anybody like hurt in the fire or anything? She's like, no, no, it was just a little bit of property damage. And I was like, oh, good. So that it actually improved uh, my unit. I got some nice fresh floors because somebody left their stove on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was the mini mystery that was solved by uh, me and Lori. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to uh, invent a crazier story to tell the next person. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, just make something up. <laughs> or I don't know, or just like light a fire on your way out to continue the trend. <laughs> 
Oh, figure out what the shittiest part of the apartment is and set it on fire so that they get an upgrade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is what is a thing like? Is there anything you could have discovered that would have made you move out of the apartment? Extra dishes. Oh my god. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, when she when she said, "Don't you know what happened here?" The place my mind went to was that someone passed away right. in here. Either like, because even if it's I, that was the same thing with the house I grew up in. There in our attic, um, there was like a previous resident who had had their final days up there. So it was always so scary to me that like their spirit was still lurking around. So it doesn't matter how you go, you know, if you if your soul transfers to another plane in my apartment i'm not gonna feel comfortable and relaxed in here i'm just gonna feel spooked and on edge you know this is actually an excellent opportunity for me to address something with noah Noah, how would you feel uh like sleeping in the bedroom where someone died (laughs) how would you feel about that why just in general how would you feel about that you guys are moving soon. You got to vet is that the, things. Is that the joke that we're moving into? The... No, no. I'm just asking. How would you feel about that? You'd be, would you be fine? It feels. It kind of feels like you're threatening to to murder someone. No. <laughs> it's just that the reason I got this box spring and mattress that we sleep on all these past years for free was because someone died on it. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you being serious? Yeah. It came from a nursing facility. That makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> That scares me, and I'm hundreds of miles away from you guys. (laughs) And that closes the case on this week's Dying Message, the detective anime mystery podcast. Episode 17, in which we hide in the cabinet. Podcast cover art created by Miriam Bloom. Music excerpted from Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. Thank you again to our mystery guest, Aaron Dahoney. Coming up. What's the easiest way to carry a poisonous snake into a school unnoticed? Why is Don so negligent? Which beloved character is a Pluto agent in disguise? All that and more when we next examine the scene of the crime for that fatal note. The Dying Message. I had a similar life arc where I graduated uh, and got uh, a job and everything as this happened. <laughs> oh my god. Are you, are you class of 2020? Uh, tw- I was like... I graduated like 15 days before 2020. Yeah, he graduated in December. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and everything that's happened since is punishment for his achievements. Yep. <laughs> ah, damn it. But I, dig- <laughs> damn I digress. It. Back to your story. <laughs>